Hi, it's Matt. Just before we start the show, I want to tell you about a great live event I've got coming up on the 27th of March. To celebrate 600 episodes of Recruiting Future, I'm going to be hosting a live Ask Me Anything webinar. This is your chance to pick my brain on anything you like, including market trends and predictions, the impact of AI on recruiting, skills-based hiring, the changing role of recruiters, podcasting tips, or even my favourite Scottish tourist destinations and whiskies. Literally, ask me anything. I'll also be joined by some surprise special guests who'll be adding their perspectives to the conversation. You can sign up now by going to mattalder.me slash AMA. That's mattalder.me slash AMA. And I really look forward to seeing you there. That web address one last time. mattalder.me slash AMA. If you're a fan of the Recruiting Future podcast, then you will absolutely love our newsletter, Recruiting Future Feast. Not only does it give you the inside track on what's coming up on the show, you can also find everything from book recommendations to insightful episodes from the archives and first access to new content that helps you to understand where our industry is heading. Sign up now and also get instant access to the recording of my recent webinar on the future of talent acquisition. Just go to recruitingfuturefeast.com slash webinar. That's recruitingfuturefeast.com slash webinar. There's been more of scientific discovery, more of technical advancement and material progress in your lifetime and mine than in all the ages of history. Hi there, this is Matt Alder. Welcome to episode 551 of the Recruiting Future podcast. If you've been listening to the recent episodes of the show, you'll have noticed the considerable amount of innovation currently happening in high-volume hiring. Driven by skill shortages and automation technology, high-volume is the one area that has given us an insight into what the future might look like for talent acquisition. Over the next two episodes, I'm going to dive deeper into automation and AI in high-volume hiring by speaking to two technology CEOs with products that are helping shape the future. My first guest is Stefan Rivard, CEO and co-founder of Hiring Branch. Several of Hiring Branch's customers have used the technology to move away from human interviews completely. Stefan talks us through the results they're getting and the implications for the future of talent acquisition. Hi, Stefan, and welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Matt. Great to be here today and excited to be talking about, uh, you know, the future of interviewless hiring. Absolutely. Well, it's a great pleasure to have you on the show. Before we get started, could you just introduce yourself and tell everyone what you do? Yeah, so my name is Stefan Rivard, and I'm the co-founder and CEO of a hiring branch. And what we've done is that we've built a pre-hire assessment that gives a candidate a preview of the job, and they actually get to do the job for about you know 20 to 30 minutes. And we measure how well they're, they'll do at the job using artificial intelligence. 
Now, you mentioned interviewless interviewing right at the start there. And one of the things that we've talked about quite a lot this year on the podcast is this whole concept of recruitless recruiting or, you know, the recruitment process being disrupted by AI and, um, you know, having having less humans um, working in it, as it were. What's your take on all that? Is this an idea that's gaining traction? What are you seeing? Yeah, I, I think it is gaining traction, and you know, for a number of reasons. Uh, one of the reasons is like, especially in high volume hiring, which I think accounts for about eighty percent of large enterprise hiring. So we're talking about uh, types of roles that are customer facing, could be you know support roles or sales roles or anything to do with the customer. And we're seeing typically outside of North America, they, they tend to be a lot of candidates, especially for brands that are popular. So you can imagine your 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 more your large enterprise customers. And they can get inundated with CVs or resumes. And it's very difficult to find from a CV how well that candidate will do a job. So I think that by introducing, you know, more automation into the process, you can find candidates that have the skills that directly lead to performance in your organization. So more and more as we see these from our customers being deployed, they start deploying into multiple verticals that they hadn't seen before. So there is a definite uptrend in this, and we can also see the results are sort of proof from themselves. And are they are they still using recruiters, or have they moved to recruiterless recruiting? Well, I think the recruiter's job just simply changes. So you know, the recruiter in, in a traditional you know project that we go into, you know, they're typically screening for CVs, doing a phone interview at the beginning, uh, and then eventually we'll have the candidate come in. And I think that by using a recruiter more and more effectively is that. They're using technology at the beginning to be able to screen down from, you know, a thousand potential candidates to down to maybe a hundred or 200 or, or even sometimes they hire directly. And they're using the recruiter as more as an operational base, really to, to make sure that how well they've done on the pre-hire assessments um, perform in the real world. So that's the, the role of the recruiter is just changing and it's freeing them up from, you know, spending countless hours interviewing and interviewing people that you really don't know if you're going to perform. So so I think the recruiter will always be there, but I think the role and the, and the responsibilities of a recruiter are, are moving up the chain to more important roles. So one of the things that when we were talking about AI and automation and what might happen to recruiting a few years ago, one of the biggest concerns was around um, candidate experience and you know, the ability to, to assess people. I suppose the recent developments in AI, how has it sort of solved those problems? I mean, is it giving a better candidate experience and what do you see happening to the interview? Yeah, I think one of the, yeah, so we're seeing, you know, one of the things that concerns when we go to do this, you know, recruiter list or using an assessment as initial step is that our, our, our recruiters are terrified to not be able to fill all the vacancies. And the reality of what we're seeing is that it's the opposite. Candidates from, from the, all these researches that they're feeling more confident and they feel they have a better opportunity to showcase their abilities when they use, you know, a really assessment designed for that role. So it's really changed and and they're getting more candidates. And I think for the candidates, a better experience because, you know, from the approach we've taken, which is a really scenario based where you get to handle customer calls and speak to customers in a a mock way, that it gives a candidate also a preview of the kind of work they're going to be doing. And sometimes, you know, doing sales roles, like you may think you're really good at it until you actually start talking to, you know, potential customers and it's not everybody can do it. 
Um, so it really helps you to, to showcase your skills and, and, and candidates want that ability. That's really important. And sometimes in an interview, this is difficult to showcase and just, you know, when you have a 10-minute interview or 15-minute, especially high-volume hiring. No, absolutely. And I think this is really interesting because there, you know, there, there is this kind of big debate about, uh, you know, if CVs and interviews aren't the best way of hiring people, what is? And I've seen all kinds of, um, you know, discussions about different types of assessment and all those kind of things. But I suppose allowing people to to do the job and see if they can, you know, see how they kind of match up in terms of those, in terms of those real scenarios is, is really interesting. Tell us a little bit more about how that works. Yeah, I, I think that really, you know, like the hard business, we came out an article, you know, when you're, if you try to use a scenario driven approach, and you're really evaluating the candidates abilities on really on like, like specific things. So such, you know, let's say we're talking about a call center job or a contact center job where you have to take customer complaints or help resolve problems. If you put them in that kind of scenario and then you get that candidate to respond, then using artificial intelligence, you can measure hundreds and hundreds of met- metrics effectively, efficiently, you know, and you can repeat this process over and over again. Um, and with our customers, you know, we can really hone down to specific skills, especially with the, the kind of framework that we use using, you know, a soft skills framework as part of the underlying technology is that we can pick out the specific skill set that drive success. And that's really how it's changing. And I think that's really something that no one really looked at about, you know, companies more and more are looking for, you know, they're looking at metrics and looking at, you know, optimization and measuring things. And, and before hiring was very difficult to measure. How do you measure an interview, how well that person will perform? And I think using artificial intelligence and using all these, you know, hundreds of metrics that we've come up with really allows you to hone in on specific skills that will drive success for your company. And do you think, obviously, we're talking about this in the context of high volume hiring, and it is an area where we're seeing a huge amount of innovation. And a lot of that is sort of being driven by the market and the need to to hire people quickly. Do you think this kind of approach is, is limited to these kind of areas? Or could it spread throughout different types of recruiting? Well, I think that, you know, as we're, we've deployed this in, in certain spec, you know, specific jobs, we're getting that same kind of demand uh, for moving up the chain. So one of the one of our large clients, they, they operate globally. They want to start testing their, their hires that have proven to be successful for team building skills or leadership skills, you know, and and. Is there a way for us? So we are experimenting. We have some research going on to be able to use up the skill. So I think anytime that you have an opportunity to measure someone in an unbiased way, using a, an approach and framework that is completely unbiased and really specific on certain skills, then there's a huge opportunity to use this time of technology. Um, and I think that's proven over and over again. We've successfully done it in the high volume hiring where we can improve every single important metric in the company, depending on, on the business outcomes. So to answer your question, I, I think there is an opportunity to do that. I think that as you're going higher up, the role of the interviewer or the role of the recruiter will still be important. Um, but I think it's just giving him more information to be able to make great sound business decisions. And is there anyone you're working with at the moment who's you know, scrap the interview entirely and and automated the the, the whole kind of recruitment process. Uh, we have so so most of our customers scrap the interview process completely after probably like a six months. Of, you know, it, it is nerve wracking to scrap that whole, but they do scrap it and they change that interview process into a job fit 
process. So what that means is that they've validated that candidate has the skills and they will have at that point a an in, either they'll have someone uh, do an operational interview to make sure that they you know they they're a cultural fit. So we're seeing more and more of that at the end of that whole process, which happens very quickly. You know, by the way, you can hire someone within twenty four hours. That last part is where you interact with that candidate to find out if they're a good fit, if they have a cultural fit with your organization. Um, so we're seeing that. We have other customers who've scrapped it completely. Um, really, the only time that they'll talk to a, um, a someone from the company is really to, for the onboarding process. So, so it really depends on how your organization fits. But I, I still think that you know the last part is really important to meet a human. At the end of the day, if you're going to hire someone to talk to your, to your customers, then you should have a chance to talk to that candidate also. Yeah. And I suppose, does it work from the flip side as well? Because one of the things about interviews is the opportunity for the candidate to ask questions about the roles and, you know, in some cases for the recruiter to kind of sell the role and sell the organization. Where does that process go to and sit in this kind of way of working? How does the employer persuade the candidate that this is the opportunity for them? Yeah, and I think that, you know, part of when we're going into the, the you know, the pre-hire assessment, you know, most of we, we do a bit of custom work on them to fit that role. But they have like the, the companies have an opportunity within the experience to really share about the culture of the company within that and, and, and giving them the candidate a lot of information about the company and the role and, and the opportunities. So we're seeing that kind of contact being introduced into the assessment. And I think back to the last hole is really at the end. Uh, back into the cultural fit. And, and you have to realize that people hire, you know, who are applying for high volume jobs, they really want a quick answer. So by using, you know, removing all these initial steps that typically take up to, you know, 24 days, like, you know, scheduling interviews, rescheduling interviews, screening interviews, you know, instead of you really like the first step you do is you do this pre-hire assessments. It gives you a preview of what the kind of work, what's the culture of the company. And then the recruiter can reach out to you within 24 hours and you can typically be hired within 48 hours. Like, so I think all these steps is really, you know, encouraging and it's really gives a good feeling for those employees. It gives them really a good you know, understanding of what that company is about. A quick message from our sponsor, Winolo. Hi everyone, I want to tell you about Winolo. That's W-O-N-O-L-O. Winolo stands for Work Now Locally. Winolo enables businesses to find quality workers for on-demand, seasonal, short-term and long-term work. Ditch the bulky paperwork and interview process and use Winolo to find quality workers fast and get work done even faster. With flexible workers and no platform fees, you can save on operating costs, meet demand and maximise earnings with ease. Winolo is available in over 100 markets, including Chicago, Dallas, Atlanta, New York and Seattle. Get workers who are ready to work and spend less time finding them with Winolo. Go to www.winolo.com pod. That's www.wonolo.com olo.com slash pod and take the stress out of finding workers. I suppose in terms of timescales moving towards the future. So, you know, you're seeing evidence that, that this is working. You've got clients who are moving away from interviews, some of them potentially scrapping them all together. How long do you think 
it would take for that to be the norm in high volume hiring? Is this a is this a movement that's gaining traction? Yeah, you know, I think, you know, so we did see an inflection point. I think with the advent of chat GPT and, and, and people realizing what you can accomplish with artificial intelligence, all of a sudden people are paying more attention. So at the moment, we're seeing all our clients and potential clients really trying to crack this nut and really trying to figure out, you know, how to accelerate. So we're seeing this accelerating at the moment, especially for specific roles, which can be really well geared to, to moving to this process. So, you know, I think within the next, you know, six months to 24 months, we're going to see like all high volume hiring will be recruiterless. And what are the implications for that? I suppose there's, there's two bits to this. So the, the first part is what's the implication for, you know, the industry in terms of, you know, resources and, and money saved and, and all that kind of thing? Well, I think that's, you know, the uh, the benefit of it. You know, there's two benefits that we've seen from our, first of all, is efficiencies, you're streamlining operations. So you can save tons of resources and optimize your recruiting, your, your talent acquisition department by going to this approach and letting them, you know, really focus on other tasks. And, and, and the the other two phases that you really get a lot of benefit, you know, we see our customers typically improve any kind of metric they have by using a standard or repeatable process in their hiring. Uh, we're seeing companies generate, we're in the sales organizations, generating up to 10 to 12% more revenue just by changing the way that they evaluate candidates by replacing an interview with an automated, which is really fascinating. And it's not something that we went out to accomplish. We really wanted to provide better tools and our customers report this back to us. The other benefit is this, you know, successful customer outcomes, uh, first call resolution. Uh, the latest one we have with a large uh, Canadian customer they were able to reduce attrition, you know, and they had high attrition. They reduced attrition by 15% just by really giving candidates a better preview of the job and measuring those candidates more effectively. So there's many, many benefits. And I think by using AI, you can really align the artificial intelligence with what you're trying to accomplish. And that's really an important part. Uh, it's like tailoring. It's like using ChatGPT or any tool. So I'm looking to accomplish this, and you can do that by using this kind of process. And the second part of the question is the implications for recruiters, because I know there'll be people who are listening, who'll be concerned for for their futures in terms of being replaced by AI. What would your advice be to the recruiters who could be sort of the most directly affected by this? Well, I think, you know, historically, if we look at any kind of new technology, there are really two types of of, of outcomes that we've seen. Uh, people who adopt these types of technologies tend to thrive in organizations uh, and people who don't want to adopt, then eventually with time, you know, they will, their skills, they'll have to find new skills and reskill. I think artificial intelligence does not replace anyone. And we've seen this historically. We've seen this in the industrial age, you know, with the advent of machinery and automations that we thought that's it, you know, the human is doomed. In reality, there are more industrial jobs there ever before. And the same thing, if you look back into when, you know, IBM Watson came out, what was really the first artificial intelligence and people, that's it. Again, we're doomed. Reality, you know, that technology is now embedded in many products and there are many more jobs. And we've, they've been talking about artificial intelligence now in the contact center and forever. And what's happened in the last 20 years, there are more people employed in this industry requiring more recruiters, more, more, more skills. So I, I think as mankind, we need to adapt, uh, you know, to these new technologies. And there are many new opportunities that will develop from a recruiting point of view if you adopt and co-pilot all these technologies. We've been talking in the context of um, high, volume hire, high volume hiring and 
uh, taking out interviews and assessments, those kind of things. What other implications do you think AI might have on recruiting and HR and talent acquisition? What, you know, what, what else is going to um, have to change or adapt or, or be enhanced by the technology that we're seeing? I think the, the whole process, uh, you know, the artificial intelligence affects the whole process, you know, from, uh, from recruiting, from programming, it helps the whole process from CV screening to helping find candidates that are ideal for the job. So, you know, it's being introduced through the whole pipeline of employment to be able to figure out the skills, find out where those candidates are. Um, you know, even with our companies using this kind of approach, they've figured out that certain skills and sales are better in certain cities in the country. So you can really dig down into, so using this kind of technology and otherwise throughout the whole recruiting process, you can really optimize. The next thing we're seeing is that really, you know, upskilling candidates. That's the other thing. You can also use this technology to be able to figure out what skills that these candidates don't have and either giving them that feedback back to them or hiring them and saying, you only need, there's only a couple of things you don't have, you know, active listening or, or being able to paraphrase and then training them using the technology again, artificial intelligence to be able and go and train for those skills, uh, which is we're seeing more and more in North America, especially with the lack of candidates we're seeing in the marketplace. There's obviously some, particularly around sort of large language models and things like that. There's some, there's some question marks about accuracy, those kind of things. But there's also um, a lot of incoming legislation or draft legislation um, around the, the use of AI in, in things like recruiting. Do you think that is going to affect the speed of progress? Um, do you think that the legislation is going to achieve anything? Where do you kind of stand on the, um, you know, on, on, on this kind of issue? Well, I think the legislation should be, I think it's, you know, it's mandatory. I think it's really important to be able to approach hiring in an unbiased way. I think that, you know, using it just for artificial intelligent hiring is, is a bit, a bit, uh, you know, shallow i think you need to apply throughout the whole process even in humans there's unconscious bias you know you've seen companies who have you know not stellar uh reports on how they hire people and what kind of outcomes they get i think that it should be applied um from our i think all companies you know and we we have this thorough review process that happens on a, on a quarterly basis that we constantly review our ai and how well it's working and then making sure that we don't have bias creep that introduce into the models um, and, and we've been pretty, we're very successful at it. And, you know, our tool at the moment is completely unbiased regardless. And we work in, you know, in, in approximately 40 countries around the world. Um, so it's really important that you keep those models and you make sure that you're doing a good job, giving everyone a fair opportunity and using a skills-based assessment does that. You're not looking at accents. You're not looking at background. You, you know, we take no background information on our, on our platform. We're really looking at your skills, what kind of skills you have. And so final question, what would your advice be to TA leaders who are listening, who want to, um, you know, take a deep dive into how recruiting automation and these types of assessments can help them develop their strategies? Yeah, I think yeah, you really need to pilot these tools. Um, it, it, one of our customers, when we started, they were perfectly happy with the current approach they were using. And they were getting the outcomes until we asked them, have you correlated, you know, your specific soft skills or metrics to all these assessments? And they looked at us like, you know, we were really speaking a different language. And once they started digging into it, they realized that they didn't even realize what specific skills that was driving success. And, and that's something that, you know, 
as a TA leader, you need to start, you know, getting in, getting information and trying these tools and looking at the kind of information you can gather. Uh, and this will be useful even your manual if you want to start a manual process. This will make it very useful to understand exactly what kind of skills your agents need to succeed. Stefan, thank you very much for talking to me. Thanks, Matt. It's been great to be on your show. My thanks to Stefan. You can subscribe to this podcast in Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, or via your podcasting app of choice. Please also follow the show on Instagram. You can find us by searching for Recruiting Future. You can search all the past episodes at recruitingfuture.com. On that site, you can also subscribe to our monthly newsletter, Recruiting Future Feast, and get the inside track about everything that's coming up on the show. Thanks very much for listening. I'll be back next time, and I hope you'll join me. This is my show. Welcome, change agents, to your go-to place for stories that ignite your spirit, fuel your purpose, and connect us all. We believe in the incredible power of the human spirit, its boundless resilience, and the inspiration it brings to our lives. On the Driving Change podcast, we'll journey together through the extraordinary, yet very relatable experiences of some of the most amazing people on earth. Our mission? That through these stories, we might just spark change within you, and awaken a newfound motivation to harness your unique gifts to make a real difference in the world. So get ready to be inspired and join us on this incredible adventure. You can find the Driving Change Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you love listening to your favorite podcasts.